Today on the show, we crack open the Pokedex and are shocked at the results. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of some of our favorite video games. I'm Lawrence. And I am back from a six-month hiatus, Bruce Walton. Hey. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. I had to take care of my personal everything, but now I'm back. Yeah, and just in time for Pokemon. I have always loved Pokemon, except... Uh, a very small amount of my time uh, as a preteen where I thought that everything was stupid and Pokemon was stupid, but then I just came right back into it. Oh, I was just one of those uh, nerds that was secretly playing Pokemon when it was not cool. (laughs) Those dark times. So what are we talking about uh, today? Today, we're going to talk about um, one of the interesting but overlooked facts of Pokemon, uh, the, the strange Pokedex entries that you see throughout the series. Yeah, so one of my favorite parts about Pokemon is just how, you know, interesting it is in the world that these, you know, interesting creatures all have at least like a paragraph of text explaining what they are, what they do, how dangerous they are, how they came to be. And some of them are just, you know, like Pikachu, it's an electric mouse. Others like we're going to be talking about in this episode, go some places that you didn't really expect Pokemon to go. Yeah, that's true. With that, let's hop into the first Pokemon in the list. So we're each going to cover three Pokemon and talk about why they're strange and why they have a very strange... Oh, and we'll kind of dig into their strange Pokedex entries. Um, The first Pokemon on my list is Drowsy from the first 150 Pokemon. It's a really weird, like, yellow elephant-looking thing that's got, like, brown pants on, kind of. The bottom looks like some sort of satyr, you know, like with the goat legs, but then the top is just like this humanoid taper elephant yellow nightmarish thing. Yeah, it's like a crazy, like, Philatides from Hercules, but this one, uh, instead of making you into a hero, it does something weird. Uh, drowsies primarily feast on dreams. That is their sense of uh, their that's their their way of sustaining themselves. And since most drowsies that you encounter are pretty fat, I'd say that they probably eat a lot of dreams. Okay, so I've got a couple questions. Okay, number one: If it eats dreams, does that mean that the dreams manifest physically in its body? Or is it just like taking the nutrients from dreams? Are our dreams filled with nutrients? Do they taste different? Are are ones bland like when I go to school and like do nothing or something like that? I have no idea. But from its... (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. But it seems like um, they're the different types of dreams affect affect it differently. Um, And what I mean by that is it said that sweeter dreams 
taste like or, or like or like I guess like good dreams are considered like sweeter to the the drowsies, and so like uh, like and like nightmares are considered like to be more bitter and um probably like taste disgusting. It's probably like eating a lemon or something like really gross. It's Pokedex entries over the years have been a little little strange. Um, one of the first ones that I remember reading talks about. If your nose becomes itchy while you're sleeping, it's a sure sign that a drowsy is standing above your pillow trying to eat your dreams through your nostrils. It's through the nostrils. Through the nostrils. That's how your dreams come out. That's where my dreams come come out. Yep, that's where your dreams come out, your nose. What? (laughs) (laughs) Can it just be the ear? Nope. I don't like that. So So think about what that means. No, I, uh, I really wouldn't, but okay. But if you open your eyes, <laughs> if you open your eyes, that's gotta be there's the this worst big feeling fat in the world. Thing standing above you, probably just looking down at you with like a hungry face and uh, like probably something out of your nose going into its mouth. So that's when you move, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you're like, you get like, honey, we gotta pack up, we gotta take the kids, we gotta go, we gotta leave. Like, how many people in the Pokemon world are out here like, I've been traumatized by a drowsy? You think it's all just like sunshine and rainbows in the world of Pokemon running around with your Pikachu? No, I don't think so. You gotta look, you gotta sleep with an eye open to make sure some weird mythical creature doesn't suck on your nose while you sleep (laughs) and destroy the synapses in your brain. Oh, God. Oh, God. You think no. they're just like, oh, good night. Don't let the drowsy in. He will, like, don't, don't do it. It's not even a figure of speech. Just please don't ever. You gotta sleep in ships. Oh, my God. And with that, I'll move on to my next Pokemon. I also chose something from the 151 original Pokemon, Cubone. Ooh, Cubone. Yeah, you remember Cubone, the cute little orphaned baby with the skull of its mother on its head constantly. And uh, so there's the, the, first of all, there's a lot of theories about Cubone. Uh, None of them really proven. There's just a lot of mystery that kind of remains. We first saw Cubone first in the game in Lavender Town, where its mother was killed, presumably by Team Rocket. And then you kind of meet its mother and the Cubone is there. So that's really all you kind of have to go on. But obviously the Cubone skull doesn't really look like a Marowak skull. Or maybe it does, but like very beaten up. So uh, another theory is that the Cubone is technically a baby Kangaskhan. You know, that big giant reptilian kangaroo Pokemon that's also from the 151. Yeah, And that was killed. And then its baby that was in its pouch took its skull. And then that becomes identified as a Cubone. And through that would be what it would turn into a Marowak, but only if its mother is killed. So when you're saying, like, take its skull, does it, like, eat the mother or something? Or is <laughs> it... <laughs> well, I, you know, in my, at least in my head, I kind of think it would be like the Kangaskhan is dead and then the baby just stays with its mother's dead corpse as it slowly rots and decomposes until it's nothing but bones and then it takes the skull as like the last like effort to cling on to its mother 
And you know why I've always agreed with that theory, though? Because, like, even for those people who are like, you know, the baby Kangaskhan is, like, purple. Um, and, like, you know, the adult is brown. I always feel like that waiting period between, like, you know, say. Yeah, like, like juvenile stage. Right. And I think, like, it, it starts to get a little darker. And I, I think what we see for a bit is, like, any regular Pokemon that has, like, an item equipped and how that item affects, like, evolution. So, like, I think it's just, like, it is a baby Kangaskhan that's matured and, in, in like, it's, like, browned up a bit because it's still on that, like, kind of a path to become a Kangaskhan. But holding the bone, the, the skull and the bone or the things that, like, kind of push it in a different direction. So, going to the next Pokemon now. Uh, this one is interesting because I've never caught one of these ones. And I only really just started a... I only really just started researching them, but the next Pokemon on the list is uh, Mimikyu, which is, in my opinion, one of the strangest Pokemon that they've ever decided to create. Oh, I love Mimikyu. I always feel like Mimikyu was possibly a, like, like people were running out of ideas or just being really <laughs> fucking funny, but, like, this is the craziest thing. So Mimikyu is a small blob ghost pokemon that decided that you know what i'm going to put on this like stuff of nightmares yellow like rag that looks like a pikachu but like a pikachu that was drawn by somebody with horrible night terrors or who's just like batshit insane so the mimikyu are uh the Mimikyu's Pokedex entries are where it starts to really become crazy because you, you start to see the extent to like which one this Pokemon idolizes Pikachu or I guess is like a clout chaser for the popularity of Pikachu. And you start to understand why it puts the cloak on in the first place. One one uh, one Pokedex entry, I believe, talked about if you do look under the shroud and you see Mimikyu's form, like, you'll die in a few days. You'll fall ill and die. I mean, he's so cute, and he's doing his best with the rag and stuff. But what if you're, I mean... What if you're, like, you know, not privy to a Pokedex, and you're like, what is this thing? You pull the, the top up, and then you're just like, ah! And then a few later, then days you later, die. Yeah, you die. Also... You don't have that Pokedex. <laughs> you don't know the professor. Tough shit. Right. You're Tough just shit, on dude. Your, you're just on your own. And, and, like, the worst thing is if you attack this thing and battle, um, the costume will, like, the, the neck support will snap. Which, the head. yeah, so, like, yeah, the, yeah, so it just, like, looks like you just snapped a Pikachu's neck and this, like, creepy doll Pikachu's just, like, hanging down there, like, staring at you from the side. But, like. And, the, like, the, the real eyes are the ones, like, down at the chest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad because. It's like, the, so the Pokedex entry, the, one of its Pokedex entries says it stands in front of a mirror trying to fix its broken neck as if its life depended on it. It has a hard time getting it right, so it's crying inside. That's so sad. Yeah, that's super sad. See, I, I like Mimikyu. I think it's adorable. I think it's crazy weird, but I think it's adorable. Well, let's see how adorable you think it is after this last Pokedex entry. It says, there will be no forgiveness for any who reveal that it's pretending to be a Pikachu. It will bring the culprit down, even at the cost of its own life. 
What does that mean? Is it going to like it's gonna, grab you and push <laughs> itself and you over a cliff? It's going to kill you because you told people that this like cheap imitation ragdoll thing that's scooting around on the ground <laughs> is actually not a Pikachu. And I mean, for God's sakes, if you were that stupid, I think you would probably deserve to catch this Mimikyu. Like, oh yeah, it's a Pikachu. Just, just handing out flyers. Mimikyu is a liar. <laughs> it's not a real Pikachu. Oh my God. Uh, what about the guy who classified it as like, this is not a Pikachu. This is a Mimikyu. And like, this is all the things about it. Did he die? <laughs> the I, person who discovered it die? I imagine the first few people who came in contact with this thing are dead. Like, because the first person was probably like, what the hell is that thing? And then tried, tried to pull the shroud and then was like, Ugh. If anything, it would have been made more sense. It was just like, yep, this is a Pikachu. It's totally a Pikachu. It's nothing else. And if it were, I wouldn't say that. I, for one, welcome our new Pikachu overlord that is definitely Pikachu and not anything else. Or imagine someone tried to grab it and broke the neck and then was like freaked out and ran away. Jesus Christ. Oh, I do have a theory, though, about what Mimikyu is underneath. Okay, lay it on me. So I think, okay, I don't know exactly what it would look like, but I think whatever it is, is radioactive. (laughs) So it's got a, it's got a, uh, like a lead Pikachu smock on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's looks like an old rag, probably has got like asbestos in it. But it's also weird to think that an entire species of Pokemon somehow adapts something, adapts this behavior where they find yellow cloths and design Pikachu shrouds. Like, that's the strange thing about Pokemon, because, like, that has to be a learned behavior. Like, okay, we're, like, I don't know, pre-programmed to find yellow cloths and stand Pikachus. Like, what? <laughs> I wonder what they were like identified beforehand. Like maybe they just covered themselves in leaves or maybe just like a tree trunk. Right. Was someone just like the, one of them get a copy of a Pokemon game and spread it around or something? Did somebody see the anime or like how, <laughs> what was it where it's like, you know what? I'm going to imitate Pikachu of all the Pokemon I could imitate. I'm going to imitate Pikachu. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break here. I think I hear a drowsy. Oh God, it's in the room. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Abu. I'm a producer and host here at Lore Party. This is the time I'd normally take to talk about sponsors. So maybe I'd tell you about that particular mattress company, or I'd let you know about this delivery service that brings easy-to-cook meals right to your doorstep. But since we don't have any sponsors... I figured I would just take this time to tell you about the series that I produce here on the show. My co-host Brett and I produce episodes about The Witcher. We deep dive into the lore and the stories and the characters of both the games and the books. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, be sure to check out the Lore Party feed and look for The Witcher episodes. Okay, enough of me interrupting this episode, back to what you were actually here to listen to. Well, with my next Pokemon, I chose uh, probably more of a lesser known one. This is from the Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald series, uh, Shedinja. This uh, bastard. So, this is- yeah. So I've always, like, I don't know how many of you have been, like, introduced to a cicada. Those big, loud, giant bugs. 
that make a bunch of noise in the summer. Sometimes they, uh, you know, come up every 17 years uh, in different parts of the country and then just plague your entire town. And if at least you know of cicadas, you also know that they shed their skin and they leave like these little brown shells on trees. And then some people put them in their hair or like have them on your fingers. They're really like interesting because like they're very, very detailed of what that cicada was. But you almost never see it. So this one's kind of modeled after that. So it's come from the Pokemon Ninkata or Ninkata. Um, It's from this little underground cicada that comes up, turns into Ninjask, and, you know, flies away. But when it evolves from Ninkata to Ninjask, it also adds a new Pokemon to your party called Shedinja. It just kind of shows up. If if you look it up right now, it is a just brown shell of like an outline of Ninkata with like just a halo over it and, you know, wings and everything. And it is just the stuff of nightmares. It does not move. Uh, it does not twitch according to its Pokedex entry. And in fact, the body appears to be just a hollow shell. Um. The last part of the Pokemon Pokedex entry is uh, a little difficult to understand, but it says that it is believed the Pokemon will steal your soul if you look into its hollow body from the back, which is also terrifying because that's the part of the Pokemon you see most when you take it out into battle. So is it like... Is the back... (laughs) So is it like it steals your soul and then just goes back to the first form? Or is it just a soul-collecting husk? It's it's just a soul-collecting bug shell thing. So, okay, so then that begs the question, why do they let this Pokemon live? I, I don't know. I think, I hope that they just like, all right, it's, it's Shedinja season, at least get five Shedinjas. For these hunters, we cannot let them. Can they reproduce? I don't know. I'm scared. I would not want to live in this world <laughs> if those things exist. Send in the fire Pokemon, burn down the habitat. I'm sorry, PETA. I'm sorry, all you uh, Smokey the Bear lovers. Burn it all to the ground. We need to survive. Exactly. I'm not getting my stole, my soul stolen by a Pokemon. Because, like, who, I don't under who, like, who even knows what that means? Because, like, this is a you gotta, this is like an electronic record, and it's like, this thing is gonna steal your soul. And I'm like, how, how the hell did you guys determine that it stole your soul? Like, someone just look in the back, eyes roll back, drop dead, and they're like, you seem healthy, there's just nothing going on in there. Yeah, it's it, it's ghost bugs, so like, it's honestly just the metaphoric hollow husk of what the Nidcata evolved into and it's terrifying but yeah that's all i got on shedinja i think it's dumb but i also think it's terrifyingly fascinating yes that is so the next uh so the next pokemon on my list is uh not as terrifying but it's still kind of crazy this is uh man's involvement in pokemon 
So the Pokemon I want to talk about, I got to talk about the entire series here. We got to talk about Porygon, Porygon 2, and Porygon Z, just because they're all equally nuts and they're created by people. So, I just love the look of Porygon. Then, then it got weird. It got extremely weird. So some, some interesting things about Porygon. Porygon was created using uh, programming code. And Porygon has some interesting abilities, like being able to break itself down back into data and enter into cyberspace. Cyberspace. Oh, I love the 90s. <laughs> right. <laughs> the information superhighway. The World Wide Web. <laughs> you got mail. But yeah, this, <laughs> this is... It's Porygon. <laughs> this is a man-made Pokemon, um, according to Porygon's Pokedex entries, uh, that it is the only Pokemon known that is capable of surviving deep space travel, although it has not attempted it yet. So I guess we how just... You, how do you know, though? We are totally just spitballing. That's like a... a that is, if that is not saber-rattling <laughs> to, like, some <laughs> other country you're in, like, competition with, like, oh, yeah, well, my Pokemon, I made a computer code, probably go in outer space, but your shitty Pokemon can't. Oh, yeah, during the uh, Pokemon Cold War. Who would see who could just make... <laughs> to see who could make the zaniest Pokemon. There was, like, no threat. We're just going to make some weirdos real quick. <laughs> like just an arms race. I'm surprised it didn't go anywhere. Like, I think that's probably one of the most disappointing things about Porygon is like, I never see them. Yeah. And, and it seems like, oh, well, well, actually that is explained. Okay. So Porygon also has like a copy protection code built into its program that prevents it from being duplicated. Yeah. So it's like Pokemon with a, copyright patent built into it but like the interesting thing about porygon too or the the original porygon is that his pokedex entry kind of ages with him so like its most recent pokedex entry talks about how uh being 20 plus years old a lot of its parts are obsolete so scientists were like let's give this thing a fresh coat of paint so they created the upgrade Porygon holds it. Porygon turns into Porygon 2, because why come up with a new name? Porygon. Yeah, great naming conventions here. Right. Go to the Porygon 2. Yeah, that's what my new invention is called. So this one is more rounded. It looks more like an actual Pokemon. And it looks like a rubber ducky. Yeah. I, I, when I first saw it, I thought like it almost turned it like into like a flesh and blood creature. But it's still programming code. The interesting thing about it is, you know, with the like kind of development of artificial intelligence in the world, why not attach that to Porygon, which is what they did. So Porygon 2, um, you know, built with artificial intelligence that allows it to learn things that are outside of its original programming. So this Pokemon now has the ability to like learn on its own and I believe think for itself. And I think like, you know, Porygon 2 was an exceptional Pokemon. But in classic science fashion, you had to make it better. And uh, oftentimes, in the pursuit of making something better, you make something that's much worse. In this this case, I, I'd say that's where Porygon Z comes in. It might not be like stats wise, it might not be worse, but it's 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 pretty bad. So this thing looks like you took Porygon 2, 
gently carried it up the stairs and then you accidentally dropped it and it went down each step and then you pick it up back at the bottom and it looks like an abomination. You blow the dust off of it and just like hope it starts. Oh no. Oh shit. Oh, oh, the kids are going to be so heartbroken about this. Right. Unless. (laughs) Hey kids, check out Porygon Z. He's cool. He's radical. He doesn't listen to the police. <laughs> oh, I- he's a new best friend and your father. Oh. <laughs> it's Porygon Z. Why he's can- corrupted data come to life. Why can I just picture all of that? Just like, <laughs> like just so I'm just being like, oh no, that was the big one. <laughs> <laughs> so like Porygon Z is. Oh, you give Porygon to what's called the dubious disc, which is basically just... Why'd, you, why'd someone make that? I'm gonna... <laughs> I'd like to know. A dubious person probably made the dubious disc. I know that, but... That's what happens when you don't pay people enough money. <laughs> so, like, Porygon Z is... Like, it, the, the Pokedex entries are hilarious. It's... Basically, them admitting that, like, we went too far with Porygon, and now it's it, it's failed. So, one of the, the Pokedex entries were, like, while attempting to um, create a Pokemon that could pass through dimensions. Because, fuck space travel, we're going through dimensions now, because that's what's hot. So, while trying to do that, they failed. And it was just like, that's it. Like, it or things did not go as planned is how they really put it. But we're not going to. And it's like, we're not going to fix this. We're just kind of like, eh. Which is why Porygon, in all forms, is just crazy. Because it's a project that was created by people to do stupid stuff that they really didn't need to do, but just kind of wanted to do. And then once they got to a certain point and it didn't work anymore, they were kind of like, eh. So, um, let's see. I guess the last Pokemon uh, also has to do with technology uh, in some respects. Uh, the last one that I chose is Rotom. So, we've seen a lot more of this little guy as of late. We first saw him in the, was it the Sinnoh, Diamond and Pearl? Uh, it is this so. little ghost electric Pokemon, and it just causes mischief by possessing different forms of technology. Um, And it's like, you know, it turns into an oven or a washing machine, a refrigerator, a fan, a lawnmower, and it just kind of wreaks havoc. Uh, Cute, but mostly a huge problem. It would be like actually having someone possess your vacuum cleaner and attacking you with it. Uh, but what makes this Pokemon so unique and fascinating is what it's been doing recently, especially in the Pokemon games. Um, first of all, in Sun and Moon, it has become a integral part of the Pokedex as it possesses it so it can have more of an autonomous and like improved performance. But then it gets weirder. So I don't know if you've played Sword and Shield yet. So yes. like we were talking about before, the Rotom phone is just a Rotom inside of your Pokedex slash phone. But basically it is 
this real Pokemon that is inside of your phone that does all your stuff for you and you can talk to it, but that's your phone that's alive. Like, how often do, you know, like, the average consumer get a new phone? Like, look at how rapidly they release a new iPhone. And people who got their phone less than a year are like, my phone is crappy now because there's an extra camera on the back. I'm just going to chuck this in, like, in a lake and go get a new iPhone. Well, hopefully they can, like, get out of that piece of technology and just transfer to the next one. But I feel like, what if they can't? Because, like, they don't leave the phone. Like, your Rotom doesn't leave your phone. And I wonder if your Rotom doesn't leave your phone because, uh, like, what if it can't? I'd be more terrified if it can because here's the other thing. What is also weird in the new Pokemon series of Sword and Shield is that Rotom has kind of taken over a lot of different other things, like the PC in the Pokemon Center. That's a Rotom in it. The bike that you have, that is now powered by a Rotom. I don't want to sound like a crazy old man, but the dependency on Pokemon technology will be our downfall. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.